Addiction is a symptom of something much deeper, but many people choose to bypass that depth in exchange for an easier way out. Join me and Ronnie Landis for an enlightening conversation that will have you rethinking addiction and this matrix that we've all found ourselves in. In this episode, you'll learn why most former addicts remain in a state of victimhood, the difference between true transformation and temporary transformation, why we need to embrace our full emotional spectrum and not just love and light, why there's power in being able to hold the polarities in life, how to really exit the matrix, and Ronnie's four four quadrant model for human optimization. Ronnie Landis is a leading expert in holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. He powerfully supports driven entrepreneurs, athletes, performers, executives, and influencers to perform at their best mentally, emotionally, and physically. Exploring the fringes of cutting edge health sciences and food-based nutrition, Ronnie combines customized self-mastery training, supplementation strategies, and a deep passion for helping others overcome long-held mental and emotional roadblocks so they can experience every area of their lives at their full potential. Make sure you grab a copy of Ronnie's newest book, The Addiction-Free Lifestyle. You can find that at theaddictionfreelifestyle.com forward slash book. And don't forget to grab a copy of my book, Potent Leadership. It's available on Amazon, or you can head to potentleadership.com. Now, whether you are a loyal listener or brand new to the podcast, please take a moment right now to hit pause and then drop a rating and review on iTunes, as well as download a few episodes. Every single rating review and download will help get this podcast out to more leaders around the world. Now it is time to exit the matrix by overcoming addiction with Ronnie Landis. Beyond the narrative, underneath the veil of illusion, and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to Potent Truth, where today's leaders, change makers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative, arrive at potent truth, and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremont, for weekly guidance channeled messages and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery. I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. Welcome to another episode of Potent Truth. And today I have another amazing guest. It's actually a friend that I feel like we've been in each other's peripherals for a while, but we only just connected uh, since we now both live in Austin. And we're going to be talking 
a, about a lot of different things that I think are going to interest you, especially today. Um, so Ronnie Landis, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to dive into a conversation with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here. And I'm stoked because I feel like First of all, we can go a thousand different ways with this conversation, just with the world's events. And I know we can jam on a lot of that. And you have a new book, which is super exciting. And mm -hmm. as a fellow author, I know what the journey of authorship is like. Um, so I just want to celebrate you and honor you for releasing that new book into this world. And um, I'd love to talk about that, but more importantly, the topic of addiction, because mm -hmm. this hasn't been mm -hmm. spoken about on my podcast yet, other than just my own experiences. So for everyone listening, Ronnie's new book is called addiction free lifestyle, and you can go to the addiction free lifestyle.com forward slash book to order your copy today. Um, but Ronnie, why don't you give us a little bit of a background story on mm -hmm. why you're so passionate about talking about addiction free lifestyles? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so the addiction thing really didn't come up super pronounced until, uh, I mean, it, it's always been in my periphery. So for the last 12 years, I've been steeped in the world of holistic health, nutrition, alternative healing, therapeutic modalities. I worked in an emergency room uh, for about three years, like 12, 13 years ago or so. Um, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I've seen everything that goes on in that world. And that really was part of an awakening that led me into the natural foods world, the natural therapy world, the natural medicine world, if you will, it's steeped into all forms of herbalism, um, all, all the longevity, all those like um, healing modalities. And then that took me into shamanism and plant medicines and, you know, deep, deep explorations into the world of transformation. And so I, it's interesting because I've written seven books over the last 12 years. I was going back through one of my original books and there's actually a chapter on drug addiction. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's interesting. I remember writing it and I was like, oh, yeah, you were on to this way back then. But it was more from like an observer researcher perspective. Mm. And so this this had been weaving itself through my awareness and through my research for many years. But I think when 2020 hit, it became more personal for me because through the through the intensity and the pressure in my own life, and then having to uh, navigate the external world um, and also going through many plant medicine ceremonies and working with psychedelics and things of that nature, it took me deep into my own internal traumas, childhood traumas, relational traumas. Um, and I started to go into patterns like what we would call compensation patterns or compensatory patterns to compensate for um, you know, wounding, trauma, triggers, stress, all that kind of thing. And then it became very clear to me that I had developed certain addiction patterns. Mm. Um, and then that, so that, that kind of confronted me on that front. And then, so I, I, you know, I had to work through that and writing the book was very therapeutic for me because I could write from a perspective of deep, deep research, science, and also personal experience. And I felt like 
spirit was guiding me through my own journey with addiction to be able to speak about the nuances that are rarely ever talked about and to connect a lot of different dots together through all the years of all the research and exploration that I've been doing um, in a way that's incredibly unique, a way that I've never seen done before. Um, and that was part of my journey. And then, and then it just became clear to me through, you know, navigating world events and unpacking all the things going on in the world, infinite amount of rabbit holes. I mean, it's been about a year and a half exclusively researching and deep diving into the, the mysteries of this world and the illusions that were being unveiled. And what I came to realize, I, 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 I came up against multiple like threshold points within my own psyche where I had gone so deep to a point where I kept hitting walls mm -hmm. and I kept realizing that, okay, the, the rabbit hole is infinite. It never ends. And at some point we need to figure out what is the, the key in the lock here to the matrix because we're in a particular matrix and there's an external matrix and then there's the matrix of the mind, which is what I did a lot of deep exploration into with psychedelic and plant medicine work and um, uh, you know ther uh, trauma therapeutic work and that kind of thing. And so that led me into realizing that from my perspective, the thing that traps us is our addictions. This this matrix, if you will, this culture that we're all wrapped up in is based on addiction. And the way that it traps us is creating addicts that are obsessed with consumerism, that are always consuming, that are having to reach outside of ourselves to medicate the void, the trauma wound disconnect that we feel within us. And there's always something outside of us that we need to to ease this for me this existential angst mm -hmm. now i've been i've been going through this for years on and off this this existential pressure that i've been feeling and i couldn't i couldn't figure out how to deal with it i couldn't figure out how to quell that 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 pain or that pressure and so that that kind of took me into my own addiction and then realizing that the way through this this quote unquote matrix, if you will, is is actually overcoming our addictions. Mm -hmm. And addiction comes in many different forms. Ultimately, the real addiction is the addiction to who we're accustomed to being, the version of us that is limited, the version of us that has uh, that is rooted in some form of victimhood. And then there's all there's all the associated patterns, habits, beliefs and behavioral patterns that keep that identity in place mm -hmm. right yeah. and and so it's just like unpacking all of that through the writing process of the book and then as the book came into the world it became very clear to me that this was now my mission mm. to bring this message forth and to bring this work this work forth and then my own healing process was and still is the realization that in order to do that, I have to actually embody it. So I'm mm -hmm. still in that process myself. Um, and that's where I found the the healing happen. Yeah. And thank you for sharing, um, like bringing this back to you. Cause I think mm -hmm. as teachers and leaders, it's really easy for us to just preach 
you know, um, what's tough is the embodiment and that's what's actually missing from this space and the world of personal development and spiritual development. So I think it, our listeners will find it really helpful to know that you are in the practice of embodying this. And I'm curious to know, cause I definitely want to talk about, there's a few things I made a note on, but 2020, mm-hmm. for example, over the past, I mean, 19, 20 months, we have actually seen a rise in addiction um, for a multitude of reasons, right? There, it's hard to cope with what's going on in the world. Um, a lot of people are in solitude and isolation away from their families. There, there's a lot. And we, as someone who dealt with addiction, I also know what it's like to, and to want to seek out something just to numb the pain, to ease the pain, to help me just navigate my day-to-day life. Like mm-hmm. just give me something mm-hmm. to cut off these emotions so I can just get through my day. Yep. And that quickly becomes really toxic because it's not so much, I mean, in my experience, it wasn't so much the substance. I mean, yes, the substance had a chemical process of which my brain would get addicted to. And I was just addicted to not feeling my feelings. Mm-hmm. I became addicted to feeling numb because that allowed me what I thought that allowed me the ability to actually move about my day. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing now. And this is such an important topic to talk about, but I, I want to know if you're willing to get a little more personal about your experience in 2020. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, no, No problem. So when 2020 happened, I got into a very quick marriage with a woman that I had known for about three years, but I mean, we really just jumped full on into it and it, it made all the sense in the world when we did. And of course, when you do such a thing and there's such a powerful, like magnet magnetic pull between two people, a lot's going to come up. And we spent every single day together. I mean, for the better part of that entire year. And a lot did come up. There was a lot of healing that happened, but there was also a lot of unresolved aspects of self on both parts. I'll take, but just speaking for myself, there was a lot of like, I would say glitches in the integration process and a lot of really powerful awarenesses that emerged, but not enough space or not enough, um, I'd say conscientiousness on my part to really like anchor those things in to the point where it became the new operating system. Mm. It was like, it was just kind of like a little bit of a push and pull and, and things would keep coming up. Um, and then adding into when everything started to hit with the pandemic and it felt like a tidal wave within the collective, like a, like a momentum wave was just ushering itself into the collective consciousness. And we all felt it. And when it hit, I mean, it just hit really hard. And all of a sudden I found myself going from, you know, a particular, a particular focus with my message and my mission business, all of a sudden I am being thrusted into every element of the conspiratorial conversations that I I had been, I had been surveying for many years, but it became real. Mm -hmm. Like, like it got really real all Mm -hmm. of a sudden. And that became my focal point. And, you know, there were many times where I, you know, I wouldn't be able to be present for the relationship because I'd be off in Sedona, like going on like a, a three or four mile hike, listening to 
certain uh, information, unwinding my own thought process. And, and I have to say, I developed a bit of a, what we might call an addiction to that. Mm. Um, and, but it, but it, it didn't feel like that because that felt like the most important thing in the world that felt like this is what's happening. This is the awakening. This is what's being unearthed. And not only am I sensing it outside of me, I'm feeling every bit of it within me. Mm. And so that reinforced you know, spending so much time on social media, putting out posts, just like deep, deep in it, right? Um, along with that came a tobacco habit because that was an easy way to manage uh, the the energy that I was processing. And then at some point, um, we I, I got really into MDMA, which was very helpful at times, like very helpful for unwinding my the baggage in my mind and and doing that but eventually what happens is the brain associates a certain substance or a certain thing with the breakthrough with the epiphany with the the heightened state of feeling and so i started doing that quite a bit and then that reinforced the tobacco that reinforced the rabbit holes i mean it just is so so eventually all these things had a reinforcement to one another mm-hmm. and it got tighter until things in my life started to get really scattered and uh, none of that actually could really help me manage the the internal state that I started to develop, which was just like heightened stress, a lot of mental chatter, like an inability to an inability to like even stay focused on what I'm focused on. It was like mm-hmm. just so many different things that I was I was hopscotching from in a given day. And so, you know, the relationship itself went through a lot of uh, strain and we ended up um, exiting out of that through necessity at the, the finale of that. And um, that was part of a big wake up call for me to really address um, what was going on internally and um, the, the patterns and habits that I had developed as a coping mechanism. And, and the thing about this too is that it's, there's no judgment because when I look back on it, it's almost like I totally get it. It's like, man, like you were going through things that most people can't even comprehend. And um, it just made perfect sense that I would go to those, those tools to support me. Um, I would do it differently now, knowing what I know, but it, you know, so there's an innocence involved in all this too. There's no judgment. There's an innocent quality. It's, it's just like, you're, you're looking for things to support you. Like you said, and to manage your day to day and try to keep the ship going and trying to stay afloat. Um, but the problem is that when you're living your life, just staying afloat, that's the best you're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a point where you let go of the the safety raft, especially if it has a leak in it already, mm-hmm. and then and then make your best attempt to swim back onto shore, and then reset, reevaluate, and then um, chart chart a course forward. So I so I had to do that, and it was very challenging. Wasn't easy. Uh, there was a lot of confusion, but ultimately the, the, the beauty in it is that it did lead me to this greater purpose, which is now to support people in the addiction and trauma recovery process. Because what I realized too, is that with all these addictions, they're just symptoms. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? These are all just, these are all just symptoms, just like every form of disease and illness is ultimately just a symptom from the body to feedback to a deeper issue that really requires a spiritual solution. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it deepened my relationship with God and even seeking that out. It was incredibly humbling. And, um, and trauma is deeply linked to all this. And I'll just conclude on this, like what 2020 was to me was the, the amplification of all the deeply held trauma within the collective, within Gaia, within this, this, this planet as a whole, and then within each one of us individually. And there's many of us who understand that and are earnestly doing the work and feeling our way through. And then there's many people that are lost at sea that have no real awareness of what's going on. And they're uh, just doing their best to medicate numb and sedate themselves because they're hoping that the world is going to go back to the way that it was. And as we know, and thankfully so, it's not going to go back to the way it was. It can only go forward. And, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of a little bit of the cliff notes on that journey. Yeah. And thank you for your transparency and sharing that. Um, I think the importance of sharing that is to showcase that addiction comes in very different forms. You know, when usually when you say the term addiction or addict, people think about drugs and alcohol and they have a specific visual in their head, Mm -hmm, but they don't mm -hmm. see people like us and how we coped and the different forms that addiction can take into place. And Um, I also really resonate when you said addiction is a symptom because, and this is going to be hard for a lot of people to hear, uh, but it really is. There's always Mm -hmm. something that is causing the person to reach out to the external thing to which they become addicted to, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. not the actual substance and people don't become addicts out of some internal malicious intent it's to try and ease something to comfort themselves to to ease their pain to ease their suffering whatever it is so like you said it is very innocent how we get into this um and it is a very spiritual journey to come out on the other side um i'd love to talk more about uh, the the exit from the addictive mind. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you see that. Cause you know, I think, um, so AA works for people and for that cool. And it didn't work for me. I just didn't resonate with it. I was like, I don't want to call myself an addict for the rest of my life. I feel like you're keeping me in victimhood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like more and more people are starting to feel that with, um, solutions like AA, yeah. uh, and, again, for some people it works for people like me and you, it just doesn't resonate. You know, I don't want to be kept in a victim mindset. I want to come out of it feeling Mm -hmm, like the victor mm -hmm, and feeling like mm -hmm. I am in control of my life. And so Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share your thoughts on the exit strategy from the addictive mindset. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, ultimately the exit strategy is to, it's a, it's one of transcending and including. So like in Ken Wilber's work on spiral, he didn't do this, but he speaks on it, spiral dynamics. It's, it's really like another model of the scales of consciousness and how it spirals up in like a fluid kind of thing. And there's this term transcend and include, 
So a lot of times, especially in the transformational world, we're trying to transcend ourselves from where we've been to a different, a different version of ourselves, but we miss out on the integration of all that we've been. And that's that that ultimately is the key. And that's mm-hmm. that's where the challenge that I was reaching in the prior dynamic I was in, the relationship and just life in general, was that I wasn't giving enough space to really integrating. Like I had the awarenesses, I had the breakthroughs, I, I knew how to move through things, but I kept falling back. It was just push and pull, push and pull, and just repeating old karmic cycles. And then I realized that, okay, like it's one thing to be able to intellectually or even spiritually transcend something in a medicine ceremony or even in a breakthrough experience. It's a very different thing to be able to integrate it over the day-to-day 3D reality. Mm. Um, So when I think of transformation, like what's an actual transformation? It's something that stands the test of time Mm. and it has staying power. And, and it's not something that it's, it's not like I'm trying to get away from who I've been. I'm honoring the journey. I'm even speaking into it now. I'm honoring the challenges uh, that I've been through and knowing that it's about learning the lessons and making the, making the corrections. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the humbling journey of whether it's reversing a disease or reversing an addiction or, um, whatever it is that we're trying to overcome in our life, it's it's a very honest and humbling journey. And so the exit strategy, I guess, in a nutshell, is it's like, yeah, with AA, it's very rooted in victimhood. So first of all, we have to we have to exit out of victimhood altogether. So it's mm-hmm. it's one of taking absolute ownership and responsibility for my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. Um, and even the things that have happened to me in my life, the childhood traumas, um, one of the interesting things I riff on this a lot of times about my, my whole, my whole rant on time and times an illusion. And one of the interesting things about that is we actually get stuck in time. What I mean by that is when you have an, um, when you have a childhood wound, say something has happened to you. I know most women can relate to like, um, you know, sexual trauma, uh, many men as well. Uh, whatever the thing is, when you're a child, when you have a trauma that's been inflicted upon you, you don't have the ability to process it through. So it gets mm-hmm. stuck and stored in the body. And so there's a part of us that is emotionally stuck in time. Mm-hmm. It's emotionally stuck at the age in the moment where the tra- the traumatic imprint was enacted. And so there's a part of us that's emotionally and maybe even psychologically undeveloped. And so that needs to be that needs to be brought back into the present moment because I'm sure as you know with trauma we can be repeating traumatic experiences as if we're experiencing it now in the moment but it has nothing to do with now so that that's the that's the kind of the split you know mm-hmm. sometimes we we toggle back between the past and the present or the past and the future but we're never fully present. So, so that's interesting. So the, the, the exit is actually getting so fully present and so fully embodied in the here and now that we're able to even see the exit door. Mm. Cause a lot of times we're so stuck in the dark, we can't even see the door in front of us. Mm-hmm. And that door is always there. And the, the door represents a choice point. 
It's being able to make the choice that I'm ready to move through the door. And we can't do that if we feel like a victim. We can't do that if we don't simply just take ownership and accountability for every single thing that we've participated in and how we've co-created everything in our life up to this moment. Once we can do that, and not just intellectually, but we can do it somatically. And this is where breathwork practices come into hand, meditation practices, somatic healing practices, just getting super in our body and getting embodied and safe to feel our body. And then from that place, we can decide to walk through the door and the, the door really is just liberation. It's letting go. It's, it's, it, you know, a lot of people feel like, okay, I have to do this, this, and this, and this, and then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a trap too. It's actually not about what we need to do. It's about a lot of times what we need to stop doing. Mm-hmm. We need to reset, slow down. Um, and that requires letting go of the things that do not serve us. And for some reason, I don't know exactly why, but for some reason, that seems to be the hardest part within the human condition. But once we're able to make that choice for ourselves and love ourselves enough to do that, everything seems to unfold from there. Mm. Yeah, I think it's because we've, as a society, have been taught this linear timeline system. Right, right. And as the generations have gone by, we've been taught to hustle, that speed is valued more than depth, that, um, you know, you have to get this to do this to be this when it's really the other way around. And so the idea of slowing down, the idea of self-contemplation, the idea of self-awareness of, of um, really rooting down and getting real with ourselves can feel really scary because in, in our 3D minds, that feels like, okay, so wait, I have to stop. And then if I stop, then what's going to happen? Then I'm going to lose right. my business. Or I'm going to lose this, or I'm going to fall behind or FOMO, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But these are all just societal programming, um, examples of societal programming that have been projected upon us, you know, and when we can start to break through that, um, that's when we can actually gain the ability to see things clearly. And that's why I love what you said earlier about how, um, the way through the matrix and, and the matrix of life in general, mm-hmm. not just this pandemic, but the entire fucking matrix is to overcome addiction. Yeah. I love that. Um, because I believe that ugh, human beings, like we're all addicted to something, like we're, we're all addicted to something. And I've also met a lot of people who become addicted to transformation where they take that to the extreme let's talk about that (laughs) okay no that's that's amazing you mentioned that um beautiful woman in my life actually was reflecting that to me this morning um in a particular reflection to me that was really important and that that's that's very true on the flip side of it like we can get so addicted to quote-unquote transformation personal development um plant medicine ceremonies psychedelic exploration eating healthy oh yeah and I've, i've been through all of it and what ends up happening is we can end up losing connection to our humanity into the humanness within us then we get caught up in all these like pseudo personal development pseudo spiritual ideas that end up isolating us from 
other people. And then, it, then it, oftentimes it becomes about, oh, it's somebody else and their issues or their wounds or their whatever. And I've seen this play out a lot of times. It's like, no, I got to create boundaries now. The thing with boundaries that I realized is that, and this is like a conversation that's going on like so many. And I realized with boundaries, it's like, I only need boundaries to the degree that I don't have healthy boundaries for myself, within myself. Mm-hmm. If I can create boundaries within myself and and be in integrity with that in my truth, I'm going to need a lot less boundaries outside of me because there's going to be more discernment. There's going to be more structure to my life. There, there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a lot less leaky energy that's going to come into my life. And so, you know, there's, there, there's so many things that go along with that. I think, I think ultimately it's about the middle way, right? It's about the Tao. It's about like what Siddhartha learned on his path to becoming the Buddha, which is that he could deprive himself. He could fast. He could go to near death and exhaustion, and he could go to heightened states of nirvana and deep meditation. But what he discovered was that no matter what, there was always this pain. There's always this suffering. There's always this sadness that followed these peak experiences. And it wasn't until he learned how to integrate the highs and the lows, the happiness and the sadness, because they're both part of the human experience. And I think until we learn how to do that and be okay with it, the swing from happiness to sorrow, Mm -hmm. which is just a natural swing of the emotional spectrum and not judge it, not try to control it, but just be with it and just flow with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We're always going to be riding these, uh, you know, these dopamine roller coasters, Um, you know, again, like all the things that you just mentioned, you know, which, which are technically more productive and helpful, but they have the similar neurotic components, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen it layered all throughout the diet world mm-hmm. and the word diet has the word die in it. Mm-hmm. So people are like, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole thing in of itself, you know, just the energetics of all that. Um, what I've personally learned by being in these, these communities is that it does end up coming back to the middle way. Mm-hmm. It's like being able to hold, you know, two different perspectives or two different polarities, the dark and the light, the positive and negative, being able to hold that at the same time within myself. And, um, and also to love myself enough to just be right here right now with whatever is, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that that's really, really well said, you know, being able to hold the polarities in all things, you know, whether it's the polarity in our emotional spectrum from Mm. deep, deep grief or sorrow to the highest level of happiness and joy Mm. and elation Mm. um, from shadow to light and not getting stuck in either or thinking that one is better than the other. And then adopting a label, uh, and this is something I see with um, even just the diet, whatever the diet is, whether vegan, plant-based, carnivore, whatever it is, it's like human beings have this weird thing where we love to associate ourselves with a label right. and stick ourselves in this box and let that define ourselves. But then they people walk around like they're super proud of it. And I was mm-hmm. that, you know, I was plant-based for a long time yep. and I was on and off plant-based for a long time. Until one day, 
I was sitting on the couch and my fork found its way to my husband's plate, grabbed a piece of meat and put it in my mouth. And I had no idea, totally unconscious. And it felt so good. And since that day, that was like four, four years ago, I just eat whatever my body needs because I already, Mm -hmm. I eat whole foods. That's my only rule is like, just eat real food. Okay. Don't eat packaged shit food. Um, but I need to honor what my body needs because our bodies are, are really divinely intelligent. And if we start to listen to our bodies more, we can gain a lot of information versus like, again, listening to external sources. Right. And with, I want to segue a little bit, but also connect this with what's going on in the world today and the matrix that we're finding ourselves in, or that many people have known about for decades and it's like, oh shit, it's finally here. I mean, my matrix for me completely crumbled last year. Mm-hmm. And with that helped me start see the illusions that we hold within ourselves that come from the programming that yeah. is bestowed upon us through the educational system, through the, the quote unquote healthcare system, through the, um, you know, trusted authority in quotation marks, uh-huh. <laughs> like, There's just layers upon layers of programming. Like no wonder, no wonder we are a generation of addicts. Like it's, it's like all of this has been built to cut us off of our own life force. And I know you talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. is the vitality and, and really getting back into connection with that. So, um, let's talk about that, about vitality, about life force energy, about what's going on in the world right now and how so many people are really just cut off from connecting to their truth and why. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's a multi-layered conversation, but, (laughs) but I mean, simply put, it does, it does first start. So the, so I have a particular model that I've been presenting lately in my whole human optimization framework. And it's a four quadrant model. It starts with the physical dimension, the mental dimension, emotional, and then spiritual. And then it's it's a roadmap on how to navigate each one of these dimensions because each one has its own rule book. Mm-hmm. It has its own set of of priorities and its own its own way to navigate. So so you always start with the body because that's what's real. That's what's here. That's what we're in. We have to master the physical body in order to be able to make it to the next rung which is the mental body the mind and the mind has is its own arena Mm -hmm. so it has different rules than the physical body but if we don't learn to master the physical body first and we try to skip over to the mind we're in trouble Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna encounter disassociative behaviors um, especially if you include like like psychedelics for example Mm -hmm. then it starts to get into some really abstract territory um and then equally so then once you go through the mental sphere then you go into the emotional body that's where you start to go into the underworld and so that that's that that is a that and that represents the element of water right so then that and that's where a lot of people are stuck right now because the emotional body you know houses trauma childhood trauma sexual trauma um, all the like, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a very hard area to navigate, um, for anybody without the right set of tools. 
Um, and then from there is the spiritual, spiritual quadrant. And then ultimately these all, when you heal one thing, it has a, it has like a singularity effect. It, it has a spontaneous healing of another from another dimension. So these things all ultimately, when you heal one thing, you heal another. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyways, so we start with the physical body first always. And, you know, so that starts with what we put into our body our nutrition, cleaning up our nutrition, figuring out what actually works best for us with where we're at. We may be in a phase where we've been so toxic that we need to cleanse and detox. So we need to go on more of a, a minimalistic type of diet for a while. That might be like a raw food diet, mm -hmm. um, uh, cleansing juice juices, green vegetable juices, um, that kind of thing. And then that's more of a catabolic approach. And you do that for a season. You don't do that for a lifestyle. And that's where so many people I found in the raw food world just went, or went astray and then did it for like 10 years. And then they're wasting away, but they're there. They have a belief system that's so strongly ingrained that this is the way. Mm -hmm. And you clearly are looking at, it, I'm like, no, nah, I don't know, dude, I don't think that's the way like you're, you're withering away. Mm -hmm. But so, so that's where the, the lack of integration with the mind is showing itself in that particular department. So, you know, but then maybe you need to go on more of an animal foods approach. You need to be more anabolic. You need more of a primal energy. That's what I needed in 2020 after 10 years of being a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was incredibly powerful and I'm still doing that today. Um, you know, and then like breath work and, and, you know, psychosomatic, trauma releasing and, and movement and fitness and strength training and yoga and, and flexibility and all that kind of sleep and recovery. Mm -hmm. These are the basic rules of the physical body. So before we go into all this other stuff, we need to dial those things in first, the basics, right? Once we get those things dialed in, especially our nutrition, our sleep patterns, um, when we get that dialed in, everything else starts to work better. Then we can go into how do we optimize our mind, our mindset, our attitude? Um, what are we focusing on? How do we focus? If we've been scattered and unfocused, how do I discipline my mind? How do I feed my mind the right information? Um, how do I develop a better attitude? That kind of thing. Um, how do I unpack the congestion in my mind? And that might mean, okay, I need to get off YouTube university for a while. I need to mm -hmm. stop getting on social media and taking all this input. And I need to journal and un unpack all the, all the congestion in my mind so I can actually think straight. Okay, mm -hmm. great. And then from there, we can now go into like that deeper trauma work and, um, you know, explore the childhood traumas and the, the mother wounds and the father wounds and maybe the relational attachment wounds, um, because now I have an ability to process physically through breath work and other means. I can safely process the emotions and the sensations that are arising in my nervous system because I have more of a, a command and awareness of my physical body, mm -hmm. right? But you can see like if you don't learn to ground into the physical body and you try to go right into that other stuff, it, it's it's going to be like a wild, wild west. And that's what I see so much in, yeah. in the healing world is like it's a wild, wild west of, of this modality, that modality, this mm -hmm. teaching, that teaching. Um, and it's, it's like this perpetual process of healing but not so much healed. 
mm-hmm. right? And that's a whole that's a whole you know thing in of itself, um, you know. And then and then from there, once we've we've become somewhat of an integrated human being with mind, uh, mind, body, and emotional. Uh, area, then we can start to go into the spiritual and metaphysical area. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I went really quick into all that, as many of us do. I went into some very abstract territory. I, I think I'm kind of predisposed for this, but I also found that I got spun out quite a bit and very scattered in those dimensions and had to, and that's where this model really birthed itself is is getting really scattered in those dimensions because again the spiritual world is a whole like it's a whole set of dimensions that exist outside of the physical body so it requires us to be really really rooted and anchored in our physical body Mm -hmm. and to have moved through enough of that stored trauma um so we can we can navigate that world and um and 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 yeah so i mean that's that's enough to say about that. So, so that's just kind of, that's my basic model that I use now to navigate the human experience. Um, this to me, it's, it's really comes down to like, how do we optimize the human experience? That to me is the exit strategy. That's the solution to overcoming any of these proverbial limitations that we face mm-hmm. is in other words, how do I envision a greater future than the one that I'm presently living or the one that I'm accustomed to. Well, in order to do that, I have to actually be something. I have to become somebody very different than the version of me that I'm accustomed to being. And that's, that's like a, that's, that's a full on endeavor. And Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, that's a holistic endeavor to embark on. Yeah. And it's really interesting how you describe this model because it literally describes how, uh, you know, even just my awakening healing journey of there was no way in hell that I could tackle my mental, emotional, or spiritual state, which I didn't even, I, I didn't have the threshold to get into at that time mm-hmm. until I dealt with my physical body. And I was like, once I started to eat healthier, this is 2012. Once I started to eat healthier, to, to work out regularly, to start to really honor this physical 3d vessel, then I was able to tap into more of the mental, emotional traumas. And then I was able to tap into my spirituality in a very holistic way. Whereas prior to that, Um, A lot of people don't know this, but I was actually giving psychic readings for a while. There was a window of time, probably around 2008, no, 2007, 2006, 2007, when I had a massive awakening, Um, my crown chakra just like blew open and that's, I had seen spirits my entire life and was able to communicate, but not in this way. But I hadn't dealt with my physical body yet. I hadn't dealt with my mental, emotional state yet. And so I was blasted open and almost like left to my own. It almost felt like torture at times because I didn't know how to control it. I didn't know how to be in that space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it wasn't until I started integrating these other pieces that I can now become more grounded in my spirituality and more grounded in my awakening. And, and we see this everywhere. We see this in the plant medicine space. We see this in personal development. A lot of people now rushing into like claiming to be 5d, 7d, woke, whatever the fuck it is. Like, what is this? Like the next trend is probably going to be 10d, but it's like, Mm. dude, we live on planet earth 
in the 3D. Like, have you mastered yep. your physical body yet? Right. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but it feels like all the quote unquote conspiracy theorists are the ones who have actually mastered the physical level mm -hmm. and take care mm -hmm. of themselves and take care of their health and have dealt with their mental and emotional bodies and have come into that spiritual place in a grounded way. Whereas, you know, there are a lot of people in the spiritual community who are not seeing this the illusion and the matrix, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's because they kind of bypassed all that work to deem themselves as ultra spiritual 70, whatever the fuck mm -hmm. they want to claim. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I encountered this, this last weekend with someone where she's just like, I started getting into some things and she's like, oh, she's like, I don't remember what she said something. It was just like a bypass. She's just like, well, you know, like wherever I go, you know, I just choose love and light. And I was like, okay, like I, 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 I get that. And and, um, you know, it's also good to be very aware of the environment that you're in and what's going on. And she just was like, she started getting like, kind of like flustered and she's like, I'm just feeling like this really negative energy. And I just kind of like bowed out and walked away. And I was just like, yeah, that's, those are the unresolved feelings inside of yourself that you're unwilling to feel mm -hmm. That's the darkness inside of you that you're unwilling to feel. And, um, and it's now being projected onto, you know, someone else or like they caused it or whatever. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a real issue. And to your point, that's, that is, that is the issue is that people are bypassing their physicality and what comes along with your physicality is a whole stored database of memories, childhood memories, traumas, um, you know, ancestral memories, um, things that are not comfortable, things that we don't want to feel. I mean, just in the most simple example, say you're just getting into like strength training or you're just getting into like yoga and you're really static and inflexible. It's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's not an indication that this isn't good for you. It's an indication that you need to wake your body up. Mm -hmm right? It's static. It, it needs, it needs to be opened up and, and expressed. And right now it is expressing itself to you in a form that is not comfortable, but if you stick with it and you create a routine out of it, then it will start to get easier and it'll start to liberate that static energy. Um, but unfortunately so many people are so used to the shortcut and that, and that's, by the way, that's, that's really what addiction is, is chasing pleasure to avoid pain, mm -hmm. chasing comfort to avoid discomfort, because we've been told that the discomfort or anything outside of your highest excitement in the moment is not good. And, uh, I completely disagree with that, you know, like follow your inspiration, but also don't bypass the road work in front of you. Mm, yeah, really well said. Really well said. It's the habit of bypassing that we're seeing a lot of right now, especially just with the disillusionment of the world. Like, mm. let's just take the easy road. Let's just take what feels easier. Let's just stick in our comfort zone. Let's bypass the hard work to get to the thing just so that we can get to the thing really quickly. Again, the societal programming of like, it, it's it's crazy like we've it's like we've lost touch with depth and expansion right. and instead it's like a race to the top and to this weird mm. invisible finish line that no yeah, one's ever yeah. gonna attain uh-huh so 
um, right now with the disillusionment and the matrix shattering, you know, I'm hoping that more and more people actually wake up to the infinite power and divine wisdom that we have within just our own bodies, within our own minds with, and, and start to really do the work of integration um, because that's the real work, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy to read a book. It's easy to attend a seminar. It's easy to, to collect knowledge, to listen to podcasts, especially with all the content that's being thrown at us every day. This shit is easy. Consuming is easy. Mm-hmm. What's tough is taking what you've consumed and integrating it into workable knowledge right. in the body, in the system. <clears throat> And that I feel is like the next step for human evolution is like to get out of this rat race and back into our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Exactly. And, and it is that <clears throat> discomfort of taking something that you hear that resonates and putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what we mean by embodiment. If anyone's not quite clear on that, or it just means you just need to breathe and, and meditate. That's certainly part of it. Um, but it's actually practicing, putting the thing into practice. Mm-hmm. And that and that's very obvious when we talk about like fitness or movement or nutrition. Um, it take, It's harder to do, but once you get into a rhythm and you start to feel the effects of it, feeling better just feels better. And then you just want to do more of it and it creates its own momentum and it creates a greater momentum than the the stagnated momentum that you built up through the addictions like a positive force has a much more powerful effect than a negative force but it's your ingrained belief pattern about yourself that's associated with the the i guess the momentum that you've built up Mm -hmm. so it's really just a trick that your mind plays on you The, the thing is like none of this is dependent on time and space. It's all dependent on making connection. It's like, I guess an example I could use is like, you know, you don't need a certain amount of time, like in a romantic, um, intimate connection with someone. It's not based on a certain amount of time that two people get to know each other. It's based on depth of connection. When Mm -hmm. two people feel a connection and they're present to it, that's, that's when the magic happens. That could happen in a day. It could happen in a moment. It could happen over the course of months or a year. There's no, it's not dependent on time. It's the same thing with our own, uh, development, if you will. Like Mm -hmm. when you go and you work out for the first time in a while, it could happen right there. But the resistance that, that we build up between the thought of, oh, I should do this and actually doing it is the negative force that that creates the the yeah it creates the resistance so the mm-hmm. quicker that we can get through that and just think okay i need to connect with this thing this practice this habit this version of me that's going to manifest itself in the the action in the the doing or in other words in the embodiment because that's why we do these things that's why we do whatever it is that we do, because we're looking to embody a version of ourselves that naturally happens when we're doing the things that we we are wanting to do, but maybe we've been resisting doing. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, the resistance is is real. And <laughs> it's a lot. It's I feel, something I feel that it a lot every, of people are... I feel it every day. Yeah. 
it's it's there it's present and it's something that we get to face you know Mm. we got to face what we're resisting um ronnie we're reaching the end of this episode and like i said at the beginning i feel like we could talk about any like so Mm -hmm. many different things um but i'd love to know what is like one potent truth you want to leave our listeners with Hmm. what i want to say is that you are more than you think you are you who you are and what you are is so much more than you've been led to believe both by society your parents your friends and by yourself you are capable of literally anything that you choose and it is simply a choice and along with that potent truth i just want to say that the only thing that is getting in the way with who you've been and who you can be is the addiction patterns that are holding you back from becoming the greatest version of yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, really well said. And I think if you need to listen to that again, just hit rewind and and listen to that again, let it really drop in. Um, Ronnie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your presence and wisdom with our listeners. I I really appreciate you and I look forward to future conversations. Thank you so much. Yeah. And for everyone listening, be sure to get a copy of Ronnie's new book um, at theaddictionfreelifestyle.com forward slash book. So for now, Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Potent Truth, where we are taking on a journey to challenge illusion and lead with sovereignty. Make sure you connect with Ronnie and I outside of the podcast on social media. The links and more will be in the show notes. If you like this episode, if you found it helpful, please share it with a friend and drop a rating and review on iTunes. And I will see you back here on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho, family.